1: It's time now for the Teaching Timeless Truths radio broadcast with Pastor Roger Walton. So get your Bible, a pen, and your Bible study notebook as we journey through the truths of God's Word. And now with today's Timeless Truth, here's Pastor Walton. Psalm 133 and 134. Now, the psalm we did last time was Psalm 132. It was one of the longer of the songs of degrees. But the one before that, Psalm 131, was three verses. Here are two more, and it's the last two, that also only have three verses in them. And so, uh, of all the Psalms, the shortest Psalm is 117, with two verses, and the longest is 119, with 176 verses. But it's very interesting that this stepping up of our Ascent Psalms, or our Songs of Degree, uh, ends with two subjects that really uh, follow one another. In Psalm 133, the subject is unity. Behold how good and pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. Psalm 134, behold, bless ye the Lord. And we're dealing with praise and worship there. You will never praise him in a church setting if there's not harmony amongst the people and unity together. There has to be the getting along. Unity as one in the Lord and harmony in the things that we do outside together because we're all different and have different gifts. And so we're going to look at the need to have unity, to preserve that unity, and to do everything we can to not only have it but to maintain it. And the reason why we must, not only for the praise and worship, but so that we are unified in doctrine. Because the book of Amos says in chapter three, verse three, can two walk together except they be agreed. There are major doctrines of the Bible that we must agree on in order to be able to have fellowship. And that includes our salvation. Jesus said, I am the way, there is no other way. And for there to be the salvation, there has to be the Christ. So uh, we're gonna take a look at this. Let's look at Psalm 133, and real quickly, we'll read it in its entirety. Behold how good and pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It is like the precious ointment upon the head that ran down upon the beard, even Aaron's beard, that went down to the skirts of his garments, as the dew of Hermon, and as the dew that descended upon the mountains of Zion, for there the Lord commanded the blessing, even life for evermore. Now he starts off and he says behold how good it's a good thing it is a wonderful thing for brethren to dwell together in unity it is an incredible thing how good and how pleasant it is it's pleasurable there's delight that's what the word means man if you, when you get together and you're all in unity man, there's delight in that there's pleasure in that there's not strife There's not contention. There is incredible delight. Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren. See, we are brethren. We are all of the same father. We are born into the same family, the family of God. We're brothers and sisters in Christ. So behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity, oneness. To be totally together in one unit. And we're going to deal with that word one in just a moment. Because we see in the Bible that there are doctrines of which there's not many. It's one. The doctrine of salvation. There's one way to heaven. Okay, The doctrine of sin. There's one version of sin. And it's not a myth, like some say. And it's not just some faults that we get over. It is that death passed upon all men for that all have sinned. And all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Those are all things that must and absolutely have to be addressed if you're going to be biblical and have that unity, that oneness, the the unity of being together in Christ. Okay, that is what it is. The good and pleasantness of being together under not only the guise of love, but truth. And the truth is the most important thing. We must have the truth. Now, you speak the truth in love, but we must have the truth. Then he says, and we'll come back to dealing with this word unity in a very specific manner. But he gives some illustrations. There, we see the imperative, and that, by the way, is what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to dwell together in unity. That is the rule. But we see the illustrations here. It is like the precious ointment upon the head that ran down upon the beard, even Aaron's beard, that went down to the skirts of his garments. Now, there's a lot of things we could do here, but in time frame, we're just going to say, that, that anointing oil, which you go back to the book of Exodus in chapter number 30, and you will see uh, what that is talking about as you read uh, what they were supposed to make it out of and how it was supposed to be together and uh, the what they were to use it for. It says uh, it was a fragrant substance. It, it had a smell, and it was such a smell that was pleasant, but it was also a smell that you could smell for a great, great, great distance. And Aaron was anointed with that. The high priest was anointed with that back in the book of Exodus. And so unity among God's people gives us a fragrant smell. Let me put it this way. We smell right. See, when you are acting right, when you are thinking right, when you are believing right, when you are behaving right, you even look right and you sound right and you smell right the senses all get involved in there so we see that it is right to have a fragrance that has a, a, a wafts its way into a great awesome wonderful testimony of the Lord Jesus Christ and that it would actually waft its way to heaven and God would say hmm I smell a sweet fragrance they're in unity together in me. They're they're in unity under me, not in unity under something that I'm against, but me. I'm going to go down there and show up in a special way in their service, in their time together. It said, then it went down to the skirts of his garments. In other words, when everybody gets together, it begins to move. It begins to run, and others take it, and it begins to start smelling even further because each person takes it where they go. And that fragrance of unity, of Christian love, Christian truth, Christian doctrine, it begins to grow and flow, and it flows out into your community where you live, into your area of work or school or wherever your sphere of influence is. It just moves out. And that fragrance becomes a testimony not only to you in your church, not only to those around your church, but to those in your community, in your family, in your workplace, in your school, in all that you do. And it begins to spread from there as other people take it. You take on missionaries that have the same uh, love for God, the same unity, the same Bible, and they spread Beyond that, it's an incredible thing that God does when he allows us the privilege to dwell together in unity, but it is a choice, and it's very good, and it's very pleasant. It's like that beautiful smell and how it spreads and wafts from not only upward to heaven, but outward to all those who are watching the testimony. Of the things that are going on. But he also said it's as the dew of Hermon and as the dew that descended upon the mountains of Zion. We're looking at the place called Hermon there in the area of the Promised Land. And we see here that it is as the dew. Dew is another interesting comparison to unity. They say, well what in the world's like that? Well, at the top of the mountains in some of those areas, they would find that there would be uh, kind of higher up where the clouds are and they would get uh, not just a dew, but a very thick, heavy dew that was like uh, almost a, a misting rain that would provide water that would take care of the crops and things. And if you're going to have unity, you're going to have to have that which it takes to grow and to reproduce. If you're going to be unified, a divided church will never grow. A unified church will grow. But we also see that there is an interesting part of this due because there were other areas that did not get anything, and they were dried and rough and the beds were hard and so we see that very 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 important that we make sure that we are in unity one with another it's important that we understand what unity is unity is oneness in something oneness in something and it must be in the right thing that is the key oneness and the right thing so we see the ointment and how precious it is we see then also the dew that comes down in that hot mediterranean climate where that dew was vital to the plant life in florida we had dew and a lot and in fact in the morning when it was the actually the coolest to be able to go mow a lawn because i had at the church we had acres and uh, I mowed with a push mower around the parsonage, which was pretty extensive, and we used the riding-along more of the rest. But listen, that dew was so thick because of the high humidity in the mornings. We would have near 100% humidity in the mornings, and it would lay on there, and it would make the grass uh, much harder to cut being wet it would be cooler as far as temperature, but you would be sweating very quickly because the humidity was up. But during the afternoon, it would get hot. Sometimes we would go without rain. If it hadn't been for that dew, there'd have been nothing to take care of that grass. And so we see that unity is like the dew that settles in and it turns everything green and it makes everything grow and lush and it takes the hardness oh I love that the unity it takes the hardness away we don't need hard hearts we need the oneness of Christ now if you take a look over at Ephesians chapter 4 and we're going to look at this your unity because it only occurs three times in your King James Bible and let's just take a look at the New Testament and see how that unity is in the New Testament and see if it changed any. Paul said, I therefore, the President of the Lord, beseech you that you walk worthy, you walk like you're supposed to walk, of the vocation wherewithin you are called. He said, And do this with all lowliness and meekness, with long suffering, forbearing one another in love. Now, listen, verse 3, chapter 4, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace again literally means oneness the oneness of the spirit there is one spirit the word endeavoring there is a very very interesting word and it's in the present tense presently constantly always endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit and it means to make every effort to be diligent to make every effort you can make to keep to guard, to garrison, to take hold of the oneness, the unity of the Spirit, capital S, in the bond of peace. It is imperative that we do that. The Spirit is the one that can bring that peace. Now, watch what he does here. Paul says, we are to walk worthy People should see that we walk like a Christian walks. Becoming a Christian of the vocation, that which God has called us to do, we got to do it in a worthy walk, and we ought to do it without being cocky and uh, puffed up, with all lowliness and meekness. And we ought to do it with for the long haul, with long suffering, for bearing one another in love, endeavoring to keep, making every effort to guard the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace. Next verse: There is one body and one spirit, even as you are called in one hope of your calling. Verse 4 says, listen, you have one body and there is just one Holy Spirit. Amen. Even as you are called into one hope, one confident expectation, there is one Lord. Sorry, there are not many. There's one. Listen to this. There's one faith. There's one belief. The word faith means belief, truth, and assurance. There's one faith. There's one truth. And there's one of, only one you can be assured of. That's it. There's nothing else that you can be assured of. There is one God and Father of all who is above all and through all and in you all. There's only one God that we serve. There's the God, and above him there is none else. Check out your Old Testament and see how many times that phrase in some form occurs in your Bible, that I am God, and above me there is none else. It seems uh, to me that we might behoove ourselves to remind ourselves that there is only one God. He's the one that said, I'm the creator I'm the one who made it all. He's still alive. He's never died. The Lord Jesus Christ went to the grave for us. But let me just remind you, he didn't stay in that grave. Amen. He did not do that. And I'm glad to report to you, he's still alive, seated on the right hand of God the Father. Just real quick, let me just read a few verses for you. Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse number Thirty-five. Unto thee it was showed that thou mightest know that the Lord He is God. There is none else beside Him. Verse thirty-nine. Know therefore this day and consider in thine heart that the Lord is He is God in heaven above and upon the earth. There is none else. First Kings eight sixty. That all the people of the earth may know that the Lord is God and that there is none else. Isaiah 45, 5, I am the Lord, and there is none else. There is no God beside me. I girded thee, though thou hast not known me. Verse 14, thus saith the Lord, the labor of Egypt, the merchandise of Ethiopia and of the Sabaeans, men of stature shall come over unto thee, and they shall be thine. They shall come after thee in chains. They shall come over, and they shall fall down unto thee. They shall make supplication unto thee, saying, Surely God is in thee, and there is none else. There is no God. Verse number 18, For thus saith the Lord that created the heavens, God himself, that formed the earth and made it, the creator God, he hath established it. He created it not in vain. He formed it to be inhabited. I am the Lord, and there is none else. Verse 22 in that same chapter, Isaiah 45, Look unto me, and be ye saved, all the ends of the earth. For I am God, and there is none else. Over and over and over and over again, he makes that very clear. There is one God and Father of all who is above all and through all and in you all. And then he goes on. He talks about how in unity he has gifted the church with some gifts. And one of those those gifts are people that proclaim the word and teach the word and keep us going. He gave some, verse 11, apostles. They're gone today. We don't have apostles anymore. And some prophets, they're gone today. We don't have them anymore. And some evangelists, we have them. Uh, They are preachers who travel and uh, hold meetings, and they also would include missionaries, because in the beginning of the travels, they started churches and things, and that was the missionary endeavors. So the evangelists would be also including with missionaries, and some pastors, the preachers of churches and teachers, the teachers and pastors together there. And why did he do that? Why did he get gifted people like that to be in the church and to bring the gospel around the world and to plant churches? For the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, For the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come in the unity of the faith. The oneness of the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ. And of the knowledge of the Son of God. Unto a perfect man, mature, grown up. Unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Listen that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness, whereby they lie and wait to deceive. But speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. You see what he's saying? He's saying you cannot have unity if you're being carried about with every wind of doctrine. So I set these Gifted people, these gifted men, to preach the word, to teach the word, and you study the word, and between that and your prayer and the Holy Ghost, and those, you grow in the word and the oneness of the Christian life, the oneness of God's word, the oneness of what Christ did for you. My friend, there is the key. How pleasant it is, how good and pleasant it is for brethren to walk together in, or to dwell together in unity. Then we fast forward to Psalm 134. Behold, bless ye the Lord. Yeah, bless ye the Lord. Here is the key again. We're talking about the praise. And guess what? That is in the imperative. Bless the Lord. It's in the intensive stem. Bless the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise him. I mean, that is the thing that unity will do. It'll bring us together in the oneness of the good things of God. And we're not shouting because just because we're all together. We're shouting because we're one together in the good God that we are saying. He's awesome. He's good. His word abides forever. And above him there's none else. And so, bless be the Lord. And I want you to notice that we see here the, in the blessing, we see the command to bless. Do it. It's what you're supposed to do. You're unified. Now come apart and and bless him in a powerful way because it's exciting to bless the Lord. We see the company to praise all ye servants of the Lord. Get together and have a good time. By the way, in this last little psalm, as we're going up the steps to the temple or headed up to Jerusalem or whatever these uh, degrees were, It's it's dealing with those that have the night watch in the house of the Lord. He said, ye servants of the Lord, which by night stand in the house of the Lord. He's giving them something to be excited about in the darkness of the night. And, And I like that. We see the Christ to praise. Bless ye the Lord, all capital, Jehovah, the I am, because he is the one that stands with you in the night. We see the Christ appraised. We see the command to raise. Lift up your hands in the sanctuary. You're there in the darkness of night. And by the way, let's just fast forward to our lives. If we're in the darkness of the night, we can praise him in the middle of the night. For he giveth songs in the night. Songs that have been written by those who couldn't sleep because of hard things they've been through in dark places in their life. Lift up your hands in that sanctuary, ye who are working in the nighttime there. And just just because you don't have a lot of people there, those of you who are there in oneness, the few of you that are there in oneness, you praise him. The command to raise, lift up your hands. Hallelujah, glory, enjoy the Lord. Then we see the command to praise again. Lift up your hands in the sanctuary Praise the Lord. I Bless the Lord. Imperative. That's in that intensive stem again. Do it. Bless the Lord, all ye servants of the Lord. You who are there at night, which by night stand in the house of the Lord. You are there in the house of the Lord. You know, I, I take from this a couple things. It doesn't matter how dark your day is. When you're in the house of the Lord, go to praise. It doesn't matter how dark your night is. Praise him. It doesn't matter if you are having the roughest time in your life. Praise him. It'll turn things around. And when you go to the house of the Lord, go to the house of the Lord to enjoy the fellowship and the praise of God. That's the reason you go. And then lift up your hands. Raise your hands and say, Lord, it's all about you. I bless you. I'm here because I love you. I'm here because I want to hear about you. I'm here because I want to learn from you. I'm here because I want more of you and less of me. More about Jesus What I know. More of his saving fullness see. More of his love who died for me. More, more about Jesus. Yeah, tell me more, more, more. Lift up your hands in the sanctuary and bless the Lord. Praise God. We see the command to praise in the first one. We see the company to praise, the Christ to praise, the command to raise, and then again the command to praise. But then I also want you to notice the conclusion of praise. Verse 3, the Lord that made heaven and earth bless thee out of Zion. The Lord is the conclusion of praise. Because when you praise him and you turn everything to him, he will turn around and come back and say, hey, there's a group of people in unity, and they're praising me. And I think we'll go down there and visit them. And it says, the Lord that made heaven and earth bless thee out of of Zion. Well, thank you, Lord. I would love for you to bless me out of Zion. By the way, it says the Lord that made heaven and earth. That's the creator of praise. He's the creator of the heaven and the earth. He's the creator of you and me. He's the creator of why we praise because he is the creator. We have a reason to praise because I am fearfully. And wonderfully made, I am praised because I was made in His image, though it got distorted because of sin. I should praise Him for that, because of Calvary and the cross and the blood and the, and the payment that was made, and my faith and trust in Him. That one faith, that one Lord uh, that saves me, and that one Lord that took care of it, my substitute. Because of that, I can tell you I praise him because he has made it possible for me now to have that image restored one day completely and totally and to be absolutely in complete, total fellowship with him because of the blood of Christ. I'm grateful for first John 1 9 that when I mess up and my relationship on the practical end of things gets messed up it can be restored and I am praising him for the fact that on the level of where he's at I'm already there and it's a done deal and no one's gonna shake me even out of his hands the conclusion of all this is praise what brought the praise the unity of the brethren be together folks Oneness of spirit, and mind, and heart, and faith, love, harmonizing together in that oneness, enjoying the Lord, blessing him with everything we have within us. Bless his holy name. And like Job, do not charge God foolishly. Father, we thank you for the wonderful, wonderful truths of the word. We thank you, Lord, for the way this ends and the praise and the glory. We thank you for the unity we can have. We pray we endeavor to keep the unity, make every effort to do it. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. This is Pastor Walton praying you have an absolutely wonderful it's
0: week. I believe every word that he said is true. I believe he'll do exactly what he said he would do. How I love his precious word. It thrills me through and through. I believe every word is true. Oh, I believe every word that he said. He'll do exactly what he said he would do How I love his precious word It thrills me through and through I believe
1: every word You have been listening to the Teaching Timeless Truths the radio broadcast with Pastor Roger Walton. You can send all correspondence to tttbroadcasts at gmail.com Tune in again next week for another Timeless Truth.